You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Who's ready? I'm, 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 I'm really, really, really excited about this. Pastor Keith will be here next week to bring the final message of this series. And so don't miss it. That's going to be awesome. He's preaching both campuses next week. So <laughs> good luck. Good luck. That's good. Uh, I'm loving this series that we're in right now. And um, it is a really, I think this is probably one of the most important series that we've had. So right now, uh, well, in fact, they've just finished, but over at um, Central Campus, we have Pastor Eric Harrison, who planted C3 Church Corumban with his wife, Christine. And, uh, and he was, we, we, we kind of got him in this week as Pastor Marty Webb. We had him for our Leaders Refresh on Tuesday night, which is coming up. Don't miss out on that one, Leaders. And, um, and he had to go to America for his daughter. Uh, it was an emergency. And so we, we, we got Pastor Eric Harrison in and we said, this is the series that we're in. This is what we're doing. And he listened to all of the messages this week from both campuses. I'm like, oh, uh, that's, that's, that's good prep. That's good prep right there. So uh, yeah, it's, um, this, is a, this has been a really timely and a really important series because this series we've been focusing on the heart. We've called it Living Alive, but this is really all about the state of our heart. And um, I don't know, I've, been, I've found it pretty challenging to prep for this series uh, in terms of what, you know, because I have to process and walk through some serious stuff before I bring the word to you. You know, I don't, just, I don't just read a couple of things or read someone else's notes and bring you theirs. For me, preaching is such a, um, a privilege, but it carries with it a, a weight and a, and a burden of me actually processing this stuff first. So, um, yeah, I'm, really, I'm really, really excited for what God's going to do right now. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were doing some, some pretty interesting renovations in our house. And, uh, you know, we had the old, uh, the old oil heater in the front room. There's a chimney. And I'm thinking, this has got to be used as a fire beforehand. So we were kind of ripping stuff out. And, you know, there was this lovely uh, stone panelling thing on the, on the wall that we ripped out and found all these holes behind it. And we're like, uh, let's just rip the whole oil heater out. So we just, we just, we just, we just we kind of nudged it out there and we chopped off some 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 things and hoping that we weren't going to find any dead carcasses or anything or maybe some money behind there. That was our, that was our secret hope. Nothing was there. Just a few cockroaches and a lot of dust. But then we thought we had the story that, uh, the youth that Beck told a couple of weeks ago about the possum coming down the, uh, the, and we lit some fire, lit the leaves that the possum was draw, you know, dropping down there. And so the fireplace actually worked. And so we've been using this fireplace for a couple of years now. And every winter it's like, oh, is it, is it cold enough to have a fire? Let's put the fire on and Beck and Ethan are, or is it Beck and Ethan? Who, who are the kids who know how to do the fire? Ethan's very good and you're very good and I'm terrible at doing fire. Um, I can't do it. You know, I'll set it up and then it'll fall apart and I'll be like, Beck, Ethan, can someone help me with the fire? Anyway, so one thing I've noticed um, is that before we go to bed, there's, uh, there's a couple things that can be happening. Either the fire has been raging 
and the coals, there's like so many coals still together. And they are like, this is, there's, there's not actually any fire happening, but there's so many coals and they are, you, you could stick a, a huge piece of timber on there, of hardwood on there, and it would be, just be a matter of time before that hardwood would, would catch a light because all these coals are still burning really hot. Or, and so, you know, what I've got to do is I've got to really push them all apart so that they'll, you know, they'll, you know, go out. I'm going to bed. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to be doing anything else. I don't want to be waiting till the coals expire or whatever. So, oh, there's only a couple there and you kind of just push them apart and they'll be fine till the morning. But what I've realized is that coals that are separated go out really quickly. But it's like this magic that happens when all the coals are still together. They just hang around. They're like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're, we're just, we're here. We're fine. No, 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 no. Don't touch us. You want to put anything on us? We're good. We're good. It's like the coals that are together. There's this thing that's taking place there that I don't understand. Maybe some, you know, some science gurus here can help me understand how it really works. But coals that are separated go out really quickly and coals that are separated struggle to set anything else on fire. But you put the coals together, if the, the coals are, are kept in close you know, proximity to each other, they're just, they're so alive, you know? This right here, what we do each weekend is a fireplace, yeah. right? This is a fireplace. Pastor Keith got a word from the Lord a couple, I don't know, 18 months ago, that the church is a fireplace, you know? Before service, and during the service and after the service, it's a fireplace, right? So when you come to the house of God, you are coming to get your fire stoked. You might not feel like that. You might not feel like you need it, but that's what's happening. You're also coming to stoke, help stoke some other people's fire, right? And you're, you're coming to let God breathe on your fire. You know, if the fire's going out, sometimes the good thing is to breathe on it. And the fire spreads, you know. This is a place to catch fire again if your fire is almost out yeah. or fully out. It's a place where you, you're just, just rubbing shoulders with people. It kind of helps us to burn a little bit stronger and a little bit brighter. This is not a club. No. This is not a social get-together. <laughs> this is not a committee for a social league in doing life better, right? This is the house of God, right? Jacob said, this is the gate of heaven, right? This is where heaven opens and we experience God. This is the place where we, we eat the word of God together and we drink in the Holy Spirit together. You know, you might come in a little bit empty, right? Who comes to church on Sundays and you're like, Tell you don't want to be here, but I know it's the best place for me. You know, and you've got that kind of mouth kind of half open, kind of glazed in your eyes, like, you know, I was up all night with the kids, but I'm here. Anyone like that? I, I, I don't know how many times we've, we've, we've come to service and I've been preaching and I'm like, you know, and someone will be like, do you need another coffee, Pastor D? And I'll be like, yeah, I do. This is a fireplace. And I find one of the most, um, the, the most fiery communities, the, the best example of a community on fire is out of Acts chapter 2. 
And uh, we're going to read that together. Actually, not the whole, whole verse, the whole, ch- whole chapter, but from verse 42 to 47. This is just such an incredible example of a church that's on fire for God and what God is doing through that community. So verse 42, Acts chapter 2, 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and miraculous signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I love that. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. My gosh. Okay, so I... That this is like, if you ask me to think about any of the churches in the New Testament, this is the one that I always go to. This is like, this is like first port of call. Like, this is the church that's on fire. This is the church that had people getting saved every single day. This is the church where people were living such generous existences on planet Earth. Every day they were meeting together in the temple courts. Uh, it's hard to get some people to come out twice a week. You know, but this church was so on fire. They're like, when's the next meeting? Well, when is it? Well, because I'm, I'm making space because we've got to hang out, you know. And these days we're so busy. Well, let me see if I can fit you in in December next year. You know, like, that's what it's like. We're so busy and we glorify. Bu- that's another whole message that I've already preached anyway. Uh, so let's talk about, let's talk about us and what us, what we look like together if we're all on fire, right? Because this is a fireplace. This is a fireplace. What does it mean for our future? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for your family to be in a church that's on fire? Not a dead club, but an alive church, right? Very big difference between those two. And just as importantly, what does it mean for our city? What does it mean for our city and for our world to have churches that are alive and on fire and passionate for God? Not just kind of, yeah, turned up a few times, but actually on fire in their hearts for God. All right, I've got three points like any good sermon does. Firstly, a community on fire has a culture. I don't have a poem today, sorry. I know, I know you were looking forward to that, Toddy, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a community on fire has a culture that is alive. Okay? This is not a dead place to come. It's a place where that's alive. It's filled with life. I love what it says in Ezekiel. It says, where the river of God met the sea, everything came to life. This is a place where the river of God meets us and things come to life. Dead things come back to life when they encounter God, right? Now fire, let's get back to fire for a minute. I think fire has a life of its own. Who could explain why these little you know, licks of flames go this way or that way? I, 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 isn't fire mesmerizing? Yes. You know, I don't know how many times I've just wasted my time sitting in, no way. It's like so cool, dude, right? You can't describe what fire is doing. You can't bottle it and, and sell it. You know, it's kind of this wild, untamed 
thing, right? It kind of does what it wants to do. Anything that goes near it, well, I'm going to set that on fire too. You were stupid enough to put that here. So, you know, it, fire just does whatever it wants to do, right? I would, I would prefer to have to deal with the mess that comes with a church that's on fire than, than have this kind of stuffy, strict, you know, kind of lifeless body of people who just kind of turn up and do their thing and go home. Like, let's get, let's get on fire for God and let's... I'm not encouraging the mess. All I'm saying... <laughs> All I'm saying is that some mess is okay because if people are on fire, then they're trying to work it out, right? I love this quote from Pocket Fuel this week on Instagram. It said, the beautiful thing about being in the mess, it's, in, it's your next screen, Tommy. The beautiful thing about being in the mess is it creates friction. It disrupts comfort. It ignites movement. And movement is what helps us sift through what's real, what's of value, and what deserves to stay. My gosh, pocket fuel. Search for them on Instagram. They're worth your follow, right? A people who are on fire create momentum. Momentum is not always easy. It's not always uh, pretty. It's not always, you know, it doesn't always look perfect, but momentum is sacred. Momentum is sacred. If you don't have any momentum in your spiritual life, you are living as a dead person. You get a little bit of momentum happening and you're you're, you're moving. You're going in the right direction. You might not be going in the right direction, but at least you're going in a direction, (laughs) right? If you, at least if you're moving, you can be directed. If you're not moving, ah, right? A bit of momentum creates a bit of friction and we can all deal with friction, right? You deal with a bit of friction in your marriage and ends up making you a better couple. You end up going deeper. Bit of friction, bit of tension. Is it, is, is it game over? No, it's not game over. It's just an opportunity for you to come closer together and find out, you know, what this new thing looks like, right? It allows you to, to find out what's important. All right, bit of momentum, right? I love this church had some momentum. This church had a culture of devotion. They devoted themselves. No one was standing up going, flipping heck, Elijah. You better, you better devote yourself, mate. No one was standing, standing up saying, I'm not actually saying that to you, don't worry. That was no prophetic word at all. Okay. okay. Sometimes people get offended if I point them out and they go, were you really saying that to me, pastor? I'm like, no, 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 just settle down, settle down. That's all good. You know, no one was getting up and going, come on, get devoted. Just hurry up, come on. All right. They were devoting themselves. They were a passionate church. They would turn up to a prayer meeting. Heaven forbid people turn up to prayer meetings. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. The prayer meeting, oh, it's on Tuesday night. You should be there. Right? People weren't having to be encouraged. They were like, oh my gosh, this is, such a, this is such a blessing for me to be a part of this thing. They were, in, they were together in one place. Now, it sounds like they devoted themselves, right? There's a word means continually, faithfully, steadfastly persevering in these things. What are these things? The apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, right? The fellowship and prayer. Now, this sounds like a lot of work, right? It sounds like, uh, well, I mean, 
I've got to make a daily choice now to be, to be devoted to four things. Like, really? This is like, I'm going to have to put so many reminders in my phone. Uh, there's people that I've, I've got to catch up with. There's this person I'm trying to disciple. They won't get back to me. Like, really? Come on. Like, it sounds like I've got to pray as well. Pray. I've got to prepare food because there's people coming over. Far out. Like, it sounds like such a chore. Doesn't it? It's, uh, it's all this stuff I've got to do. It, sounds, it just sounds like it's a chore, right? Well, this isn't a chore. This is a privilege. This, this stuff that we get to do, it's not a chore. You're blessed because you have the opportunity to do it. Right? The prayer meeting. I've got to turn up at the prayer meeting because Pastor Darren got up on Sunday and said... No, 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 it is not a chore. It is your privilege. It is your privilege to pray as a group of... I'm really hammering the prayer meeting now, aren't I? (laughs) It is your privilege to be in a country where you can turn up to a prayer meeting and not go to jail. But the, the, the Western church, you know, we kind of just, well, I'm not sure it fits into the lifestyle that I want. We weigh everything up based on does it fit this perfect life that I think I've created or I am creating. Well, momentum in the Spirit of God will shift all of your priorities around. And it's meant to. He's meant to. Right? Getting a bit of passion on the inside of you, it's going to change your calendar. Because when there's something on, you're going to want to be there. When, well, can't we have prayer meetings every week? Oh, glad you asked. Sunday mornings here at 10, right? There is a prayer meeting every week. You're free to turn up. You know, and it is. Oh, this morning was amazing. Thanks, Damien. That was awesome. Right? It's a blessing to be here, to be saved, to be with Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the gift of tongues, to be able to tithe. They're all blessings that you get to participate in. It's not, you know, it's not a chore. I don't have to, I choose to, you know? Right, all right, there's this thing called the hot coal effect, right? The hot coal effect. And it's why I'm always trying to get you all connected to each other. That's why I'm always trying to catch some, a few people before they run out after the service. Because the hot coal effect means that if we're together and we're in close proximity, then there's this natural, there's this natural synergy. If I'm con- connecting with you and you after the service, there's this flow. The, 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 the conversation might be a little awkward, but eventually it, it gets into this flow where I feel like I'm a part of something. Because this is not, this is not a club, this is a family. So we have to keep thinking of it in terms of the Sunday services. That's just our family gatherings. That's the place where the family gathers, right? And that's what I'm trying to, I'm always trying to get people connected to each other. I love the sign that I've seen at one of our churches, you know, the, the, the kids out the front you know, and the young adults holding these signs, and all the cars, you know, going past. And one of the signs says, sit with us. I'm like, Yes. That's exactly. Now, now, is the person who's coming to church going to absolutely sit and go and find that, that specific person? I don't know, but it's creating a culture where people want to sit together, right? Don't ever sit by yourself. Tan, what are you doing? Move two seats over. 
Two seats over. Come on, move right now. Two seats over. Glory, Glory, you're gonna move over here. Uh, Kath, what are you doing, girl? Um, come on. Um, like, there's there's some seats over here. Just come over here. Come on. Grab your, grab your coffee, your McCafe coffee that's all over the floor. Grab it. No, just come over here. We'll worry about that later. We're sitting together. Good, good. Hot coals sit together, right? If you isolate yourself, you're going to burn out. You're going to go out. Hot coals sit together. You know, if you ever see someone in, after the service or before the service and they are, you know, they're a little bit feeling a bit out of it, looking at their phone, bring him into your conversation. Hey, come and talk to us. You know, if you see someone sitting by themselves, hey, come and sit with us. Don't let people sit by themselves. You know, it's not just a, it's a culture of inclusion. It's a culture of connection, right? I haven't even got on my second point yet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't let anyone sit alone. The culture is alive. Secondly, there's a connection filled with warmth. The early church was devoted to fellowship. They were devoted. You know, sometimes you don't feel like fellowshipping. You don't feel like connecting. You know, Josh is nodding his head. (laughs) Okay, all of you introverts, you know, you kind of go, after the service, you kind of go, I'm going to find a little corner. Okay, have your introverted time at home, you know, and connect while you're here. That's what we're here for. Work out who's an introvert or you extroverts and give them some space. Don't, don't. (laughs) Connecting quietly. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe we need to have like a little quiet area. Have a little quiet area over here and all the extroverts can serve you coffee <laughs> together. There'll be like 10 people serving one coffee. Oh, yes, yes. And guess what happened this week? Oh, my goodness. There's your coffee. <laughs> That's what it'll be like. Anyway, come on. I have to get this back. Verse 44. This is going to be good. Um, listen to this. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Wow. What? They, they, they were together. They were together in heart. They were together in body. They were physically together. Every day, it goes on to say, every day they met together in the temple courts. I was at church in the Philippines, and um, their connect groups meet like six times a week. Like they'll, they'll wake up in the morning and they'll, they'll prep for, for work and then they'll go to the local cafe where their connect group is meeting. I'm like, you guys, you guys are incredible. There's such a culture of connection. Um, there's, there's such a generosity here. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. What? That just seems so like, well, it's you, obviously they didn't have much. It was but 2,000 years ago. No, like there's people who are selling their property, right? To give to people who don't have much. There's such a generous spirit in this church, right? Uh, a generous church is not one where you feel like you keep getting given money. It's one where you feel like you kept getting given people's attention and time. You know, where, where you know, 
you're not always looking for the next person to, to impart wisdom to. Oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I'm trying to find someone else to listen to impart my wisdom to. You know, who else is there? You know? It's, 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 it's actually paying attention to the person who's in front of you while including those around you, while you're giving them your attention and your generous time, right? Each person is valuable regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of socioeconomic level, right? Regardless of those things. Generosity is not based on who is in front of me because generosity is a heart action. Generosity is a state of my heart. If my heart is in a good place, it doesn't matter who's in front of me, right? Focus on me. All right, look back here. Thank you for coming. You're wonderful. Right? Generosity is a state of my heart. So it, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. It matters what's happening in here. Right? I'm able to be generous with my affection and with my time and with my attention because I know the Father who's been generous with his time and his affection and his attention to me. Right? It's because I know who he is. Um, I'm just going to skip through to a bunch of stuff because I'm running out of time. I just, I love the level of laughter in our church though. I love it. Keep it up. Keep it up. I love all the little digs that happen. Where's Sarah today? Yeah, Sarah, you're, you're the best at that. You know, you're the best at that. You know, she's always like, oh, pastor. Like, and she'll say something. I'll be like, what? Are you serious? And she's like, I'm kidding. Stop. <laughs> and I'll be, like, I'll be like, I'm still getting used to the culture. Right, right. Very good. Um, I do love the, the inclusivity of this early church, though. All the believers were together. There wasn't people left out. There wasn't people sitting by themselves. They were all together. There was a togetherness that was happening. And we are definitely better together. I love that we're a multicultural church. I embrace that. I think that is amazing. I would love us to become even more multicultural. As we keep growing, let's keep finding more people, whoever they are, to come on the journey to follow Christ and be a part of the family. But can I just speak sensitively about, about this point? Is that I, I don't want there to be, ever be a divide, a cultural divide in our relationships and in our friendships. Now, you're naturally going to gravitate to, you know, single moms are always going to gravitate to another single mom. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. You're doing the same thing as me. You know, young, you know, young fathers who don't know what to do with their children are always going to gravitate to other young fathers who don't know what to do with their children. You know what I mean? Um, so, I, I, and I get that we have close friendship circles in our church and we want that. There's, that, that's so key. That's so pivotal. If you're not, if you haven't found many friends, then keep looking, keep searching, right? People will keep including you and you'll discover them. Turn up to a connect group. That's a great place to find, find friends, right? But let's not let any kind of cultural or socioeconomic or gender thing divide our church at all. Let's keep bridging divides all the time because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus bridged some massive social gaps that shouldn't have been there. And he would speak to a woman. He spoke to a Samaritan woman by himself. Now, in the day, that was totally not okay. But Jesus valued her and spoke with her. It's good. It's good. 
Um, one, th one more thing I want to say on this point is that um, we've got to keep pushing the conversation deeper. You know, keep pushing the conversation deeper. You know, when we're connecting, before and after service, in your connect groups, chatting online, sending each other text messages, like talking on the phone. Who, who does anyone even talk on the phone anymore? Like, that is like a lost art, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> Scylla would like you to call her several times a day. Uh, <laughs> right? But we just gotta keep that connection going to that place of depth. Um, Friendships that are growing and move, they move beyond pleasantries. They move into areas of depth. They move into areas of heart. They move into areas of faith. They move into areas where you're talking about real life. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm really dealing with this issue. You know, I, I actually, I love it. I hate it, but I love it when, when a, 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 a guy from our, our campus or another campus or even another church will call me and say, I'm having issues with pornography. Because I know straight away that guy is, is, has opened up about his real life. And now I'm able to talk with him at a level that was previously not available. All right? So there's four levels of conversation. There's four levels of conversation and you can just keep moving through these. They start at small talk, then it goes to facts, and then it moves into your opinions, which sometimes matter, sometimes don't. And then it moves into... <laughs> And then it moves into personal feelings, right? Now, faith, I think that your faith journey needs to become a part of that. Yeah. You know, we come to church and we listen to the Word of God and we worship God and it's, yeah, it's awesome. And then we talk about the V8 supercars after church. Like, why? Why do we do that? Like, let's, let's practice this question. You can say this after me. How, How is your walk, is your walk going? All right, everyone said it. It's amazing. It was so easy, right? How is your walk going? How's your walk with God going? How are you going with Jesus? You know, or, or you could say something like, this is what God showed me this week. Your revelations that you get are really important to the family. It's not just about what you get in your own private journey. No one's going to be, you know, scouring through your journal. Right? Don't scour through mine. Right? <clears throat> no one's going to be scouring through your journal. It's just chat about what God is showing you. Yeah. You might save somebody else some heartache because they go, ah, good point. Right? And then they process that with the Lord and it becomes a part of their faith journey. Right? Let's let our conversation be laced with grace. Laced with grace. Good. All right. Cool. I can't, I can't extrapolate that one anymore. Clearly it's time for me to move on. All right. <laughs> Lastly, we serve passionately with faith. Yeah. Right? In churches that grow, there's a strong movement of people who serve and they serve the vision. They serve the church. They serve the leadership. They operate in their gifts. They get stuff done. They're passionate to grow the house of God and advance the kingdom. Right? Fire is, 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 is not just there to make you feel good. Fire is for a purpose. When, when God sets you on fire, your heart is alive and you want what, for others what God is doing in you, right? 
All right, you get to see, I have seen what happens when a person who is away from God comes close to God, accepts Christ, and then somehow manages to get planted in a church, right? And then they have some longevity in, in, in that church and their life is transformed by God. It is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're, what we're seeing it with Marissa right now and with a whole bunch of you crazies. We're all seeing it with you guys. You're all, you're all here and you're going, oh my goodness, and this is working out. And it's like, this is, part of, this is part of my life. It fell off the other day. I don't need it anymore. This is awesome. And we get to move forward together, right? The transformation of a person who'll stick around is amazing. Um, the, the transformation of a person who will open their heart up to God is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, look out. The future is... And that's what we want for other people. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody once sacrificed something for you so that you could hear the gospel. Somebody once sacrificed something for you so that you could be planted in the church. Somebody once, once paid time and money and, and gave their life to the, to, the, to the message of God, the preaching of the Word, the serving the house of God, to advance in the kingdom so that you would have an opportunity to know Christ. And that's the legacy that we then get to continue. Right? Don't, don't feel like, oh, I'm on team. I'm on team this week. <sighs> got to go and be on team. I've got a job. I've got, got to handle everyone else's rug rats. Awesome. Awesome. I'm on the kids team. Have you seen these kids? Has anyone ever participated out there? Oh my goodness. You know, you kind of come crawling out of there and the kids drag you back in. You know? <laughs> you know, that's what I imagine it's like. I haven't actually been out there, but my children used to be out there and that's pretty much what it was like. Right, boys? Right. Yeah, they're not paying attention to me at all. No, that's good. Right? But don't feel like if you're on a on team, then it's just a job. It's not a job. It's not a chore. It's not a task you've got to complete. It's a blessing. You're 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 blessed to be there, right? Also, if you get some purpose in it, I see all everything that gets done to make Sunday, to make church, to make connect group, to make life work in the house of God, everything that gets done is all about preparing a meal for someone. You know, when you, you got family over, it's Christmas, how much preparation has to go into that one meal? It's like, let's just go to Macca's and, you know, get it all done. Garden salads for everyone. I said garden salad. <laughs> right? No, because the preparation for some people is awesome. That's why we have people who are operating in their gifting, doing that, right? When, when, when our kids team or the Alive Sundays guys, they come over and when I'm preparing a message, this is like, this is like the meal that we're gonna eat together, right? We're just preparing the way for someone else to eat. I'm always thinking about the next. Who, who, who's the next one? Who's the next person who's going who's gonna to eat this meal, eat this meal, who's going to come into worship and who's going to be like, oh, I need this. Who's the next family who's going to join our church because they moved into the area or because God is shifting something, right? I'm not into stealing sheep. I'm not into pursuing people who are in other churches. But if someone's going to leave another church, then you're welcome here. <laughs> right? 
I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not into building. That doesn't actually build the kingdom. That just makes my stats look better, right? And I'm not into that. I'm not into that. I'm into the family who is struggling, who doesn't know Christ or who used to be a part of a church and now God is stirring them to find him again and to get planted. You know, I'm into that, that, that total pagan who lives next door to you, who doesn't want anything to do with God because they are a declared atheist. There's a difference between an atheist and a declared atheist, right? People who walk around bragging, I'm an atheist, you know. I'm into that person coming one step closer to following Christ. I'm into the next. Who's the next child who's going to experience joy in the presence of God. Who's the next person, who's the next young adult who's gonna come into contact with Jesus because of you, right? We are all here and if, you, if you're serving at a level, you, we're all just preparing the meal. We're all just preparing the meal or packing up after the meal, right? But it's not about what I can, it's not even about what I can get, it's about what the next person can receive. And every part of us is, plays a part in that, every one of us. Um, also, just as I finish up, we've got some really significant opportunities in front of us as a church right now. We, uh, we just received word that we got the tender to start a, an ush at Jesmond Public, Jesmond Public School. And that, that's, that's the first ush that's in our area. Like it's, and we want to see what a really close partnership can look like with that Ush on our campus. You know, um, Beck, you, this is something going on with you and that Ush. This is God's really doing a thing in you, isn't he? And I, I just, I love that. I think there's going to be some, like there's, there's opportunities like that that we know about. But what about the opportunities that we don't know about? What about the ones we can't see yet? Like, can I just challenge us for a minute? This right now, this is what God can entrust us with. And there's people who go, oh, we should be growing, we should be growing. But do you have the capacity to love more people yet? Do you have the capacity to embrace more people? Because that's what it takes. We're not just about adding people to our church. This is about inclusion in a family, right? So that no one feels left out. Everyone feels like they're valuable and accepted and wanted and a contributor to the house. I love um, what uh, C3LA put on Instagram the other day about the tithe. Um, Phenomenal thing. It says this. The point of the tithe isn't about how much God is going to give back to you. It's about how much of the kingdom he's willing to entrust you with. (laughs) And I'm like, oh boy. Right. The point of serving, the point of giving God our life isn't about what we can get back. It's about how much of the kingdom, how much is God willing to entrust us with? Really? Because if we want to keep growing and finding people who don't know Christ, you know, and, 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 and building the church and advancing the kingdom, it's about a capacity to love. It's about a capacity to include. You know, we've got to keep this community on fire so that other people can come and get on fire at the same time.
um, Pastor Eric made this point earlier this week to me. He said, the sacrifice of many sets it up for the benefit of many more. The sacrifice of many sets it up for the benefit of many more. And that's why we do what we do. You know? Uh, that's why I love, uh, I, I could really speak on this for a long, long time, but I love it when people get, get into a team at whatever level, whatever level, because now my church experience is a little bit less about me and it's a bit more about us. You know, our sacrifice isn't just about what I'm going to get. It's about who's next. Who else is going to benefit? Don't ever see if you're if you're on team and you're making tea and coffee and you're out with the kids or you're, you know, whatever level, you're cleaning up or whatever level. Don't see it as just, oh, it's, it's my cross to bear. It's my burden, right? This is actually a part of all of us contributing for all of us and for who's coming. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.